Hey everybody, welcome, and it is so great that you joined us. Do you know how far we broadcast uh, these, these programs? Neither do I, but I do know that my mom watches, and so here we go. Hey, we're in a series that we are calling This Changes Everything, because this whole COVID stuff, well, it, it pretty much changed everything. School got all whacked out, your work got kind of weird and goofy, grocery shopping became odd, and mask wearing is just as confusing now as it has ever been. But also church got kind of weird too. I mean, you, some of you right now watching online are in your jammies and you're warm and toasty. In a few minutes, some people are gonna be outside in their down parkas, cold and hypothermic. And I have had stay at home people that just exclusively watch online um, ask me, when we go back to live worship indoors, Will you still broadcast it? And hey, I understand that. I get it. I know why we say that. Remember when you actually had to come to worship? You'd have to get up and get breakfast and make sure the game is being recorded. And then you'd say, or somebody would say, can't you get ready any earlier? And that would start the fight. And then you'd be all in a bad mood driving here. And then you got to park farther out. And then you got to check in the kids. And then you got to find a seat somewhere. And it's like, oh, no. Are we singing that song again? And you remember, oh, oh, I was supposed to help in the nursery last week. And then I hope Paul doesn't talk a long time. And after church, you got the kids hanging on you saying, you know, well, I want to go home. I want to go home. And tourist traffic when you're heading home is just horrible on Highway 1. And now you're tired and cranky. And even though the message may have been on peace, you don't have any peace. But oh, online <laughs> online you can watch in the comfort of your home in your robe eating a leisurely breakfast or maybe you're in your sweats right now on your cycle and you're feeling the burn did you know that you can actually speed up the message to get through it in half the time you can just put it on 2x and you can move right through what i'm saying in half the time and some of you are saying you know i really like this online stuff but it feels weird. It's not right. You're sensing there's maybe something really missing. You're feeling like, I just feel like a spectator in this whole thing. And there should be more to this. And guess what? You're right. There should be more. And those that are here in person, you know, that come to our outdoor service are saying, I like this, but... I come, I sit, I soak it all in, but I feel kind of like I'm a spectator. I just come and hang out and, and, then, and then I go away. And I know while it's nice maybe not to have to serve here or work in the fourth grade boys teaching them the Bible or serving in the tech booth, you're saying, I've enjoyed some time off, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. Now we've learned a lot during this COVID experience and it has changed an awful lot of everything. We have learned that for the next pandemic, the first thing to go out and buy is what? Toilet paper and of course, yeast. We've also learned, however, that people are really important. The thing that you've missed the most is other people. And we've also learned how fragile our world is. Wow, things just kind of can fall apart quicker than you'd ever imagined. And one thing I bet you're thinking now, particularly when it comes 
to your involvement in what God's doing and your purpose in life, you're saying, you know, another thing that I'm learning is serving is better than sitting. Serving is way better than just sitting. Well, how come? Well, first of all, you and I, we were created to serve God. That's what we were created to do. I was down in Southern California last weekend. I drove through the old stomping ground, you know, the place where I grew up. And as you're driving through, you kind of look at this and look at that. You know, there's my old high school. There's my old elementary school. And here's where we'd collect bottles and we'd take them to the store and we'd get a refund and buy candy. And here's the gully where we would catch, catch pollywogs. And it's weird to look back. It really is weird to go back in time and, and to look at all that. And it's fun then to begin to see how God's plan for my life was being shaped in those times. During that time, it was just God was doing a work in middle school, in high school, in elementary school. My character being shaped here, my esteem being shaped over there. My ability to connect, my ability to relate was, con was shaped by God in all these places. You and I, we were created and we were shaped by God, by our past, because God has big plans for us by the way that he designed us and made us and molded us. The Bible says this, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works and here it comes, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. God made us who we are with a purpose in mind, with a mission in mind. And that is not just sitting, it's in serving. God shaped us to do them. And God took you and gave you your skills and your ability and your intelligence your ability with languages or being bilingual. And he says, I made you this way for a purpose, for a reason. You have an ability to connect with people, and I'm going to use that. You have an ability to think deeply about things. You have an ability to plan and organize, and I'm going to use that for my purpose. And there are people that need to know Jesus, and they need someone exactly like you in their lives. I want to read you a story. Jesus told the story, and you're going to get the point pretty quickly on it. And it's a pretty famous story. It says this. This is Jesus telling us a story. A man was going on a journey, and he called his servants and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one, one talent, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Now, the term talent is an old term, and it actually meant a weight. But it's interesting that the term talent is used because it kind of works the other way too, meaning our abilities. The servant who had received the five talents went at once and put them to work and gained five more. Likewise, the one that with two talents gained two more. But the servant who had received the one talent went off. He dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And you know, all of a sudden you realize this isn't going to go so, so well. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle the accounts with them. And the servant who had received five talents came and presented the five more. The servant who had received the two talents also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. Finally, the servant who had received the one talent came and said, Master, 
I know you're a hard man. You reap where you've not sown, and you gather where you've not scattered seed. I was afraid. So I went out and hid your talent in the ground. So here's your one back. And the master replied, Jesus said, you are a wicked and lazy servant. The story is pointed, um, and it's pointed towards us, what God has given us and what God has shaped us for, how God has skilled you. It's not for us. It's not for us alone. We're created. We are created to serve God. Second is, is, is we were made for a mission. I was made for a mission. I remember the advertisement for the news on TV. This is a long time ago. Um, and, and they had lots of human interest stories. And so they'd always, you know, do the lead in with this, you know. Channel 7, because there's more to life than news, weather, and sports. And, and, and I like that because it's true. There is more to our lives than news, weather, sports, car, job, career, retirement. We were made for a mission. We were made for a mission. To Jeremiah, God said this. God said, before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a special work. And I think that's true for all of us. Before we were born, God chose us for a special work. It was Jesus, when he was praying, he said this. I gave them the message that you gave me. They have accepted this message, and they know for sure that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. You see the kind of the secession here? God gave the message to Jesus to share, and Jesus gave the message to us to do what? To share, to pass it along. We continue what Jesus started. Jesus said, come to me, but then he also said, go for me. Come to me first, come to me. But when we come, then he says, now go, go for me. Last, last I, I want to say, is I have an important position in what God is doing. I, I remember when they, when they shut down what was going on inside the buildings, you know, every building, including us, you know, including us. And they said, no services, you know, they'd say, and we'd say, why, you know, why can't we have services here? And they'd say, it's because people sing and that, that, that spreads, that can spread the virus. You know, when people sing, they, they spread. And I wanted to say, well, that's true, but sometimes the people at Mariners, they don't sing very loud, so we should probably go ahead and hold services. But that, that, that didn't work. People would say, hey, no big deal. You can still do online services. That's based on this really weird notion. And the weird notion is that church is just what happens on Sunday from 1045 to 1145. That's what church is. And I want to say, you, you, know, you don't get it. You don't get it. Church is not the building. We say that all the time. This is just a building. This is not church. It's just a building. Number one, church is not the building. Number two, Church is not the service that's on Sunday. It's just not the service. The church is people. And that's what the word means, actually, church. It means people that have been called out to serve and live for Jesus and live for others. And, and, I, and I wanted to, to, to yell out, you know, you know when, when you say you can just have online services, it's just, it's, it's not right. I mean, it would be like, I guess, if you love um, to play soccer, and some of you who don't know better call it 
football, but let's say you love to play soccer and every weekend you're in a league and you love your team and it's awesome and you go out and you play every weekend on that and they, sh they shut your field down, they shut your league down. And they say, well, you can still watch soccer on TV and you wanna say, you don't get it. It's not watching. That's not, that's not soccer to me. It's being in the game. It's being part of it. And if you can kind of think about that in relationship to worship and being part of the church, it's not watching. Watching is such a tiny fraction. It's being part of it. And I want to say church is not a spectator sport. Worship is not a spectator sport. It's being together. It's being connected. It's worshiping together. One of the great things the Bible tells us is that the church is like a human body, and it's going to use this kind of this whole illustration of that. It says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Okay, you, you get that? Kind of like the church is kind of like a, a human body, and I, and I look in a mirror, ugh, you know, and, and, and I see the nose part, and you can't miss that one, and you see the eye part, and you see the hair part, and which is actually departing. <laughs> and you see the mouth part and the teeth part and the tongue part and the chin part and the ear part. You see those different parts. And in this thing called Mariner's Church, we have different parts. And you are one of those parts. And so he's talking about you. He's talking about who we are. And he'll say this, if the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, it wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, you know, wonk, how would you smell anything? What he's saying is God has designed each of us to be a part of a church family, and he's designed each of us to have a function in this place, a place in this place. God designed you to have a part. God needs you to have a part. So that if a new person walks up and says, hey, what do you do around here? What would you say? If somebody brand new says, hi, I'm so-and-so, what do you do around here? If you're part of this body, what's your role? What's your function here? Some of you could say, you know what? I'm changing the life of middle school kids and their lives will be forever changed for Jesus because I come here on Sunday after church and I want to pour my life into them. Some of you could say, you know, I care for little babies during the worship service so their moms and dads can come in here and undistractedly worship and learn and grow. Some could say, I run a sound system so that people can hear and have their lives changed. Do you see how it works? Some could say I set up chairs and I pray over each chair and the people who will be sitting in it. That's my part, to change this place. I was talking to Kurt, our youth pastor, and one of the most valuable members of a youth group that he once ran was an older woman, a grandma, and her job, her job on Wednesday nights was to come to church for about a half an hour and she would greet each high school kid that came in with a hug and with a smile. 
that's all she did. And it made a difference. Rick Warren, a pastor of a church in Southern California, he asked the question, um, it's a great question. He says, have you ever said, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs? He asked, have you ever said that? I'm looking for a church that meets all my needs. And then he says this, imagine if everybody said that. Everybody. I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. Instead of saying, I'm looking for a place to serve and be a blessing and to be used by God to change others. We, we kind of get into this whole consumer mentality. I come, meet my needs, play my songs, make me comfortable. And that was never the intention of what Jesus had for his church. It was to be a body with fingers and hands and arms. One question I'm, I'm asked is, um, when we go back to indoor services, will we still do a broadcast? And we'll still do that? And, and, you know, people in other places are making this their church. You know, people all over the country are making this their church. You know, and I, and I want to say, I love you, you know. Um, you people who tune in, you know, I love you, Mom, you know. But this is not the reality of what a church is. This is just a program. That's all it is. This is just a teeny, tiny little piece of what God does. This is a worship service. It's not church. I would say find a place to serve and be a blessing and God will show you. God will use you in places that you could never imagine. Greeting people, saying hi to somebody, praying for somebody across the room. I remember one time just going up and giving an older person a hug and thinking to myself, this may be the only human contact she will have all week. You come here and you love people, you care for people, and, and you, you want to say, and, and I get it, I, I understand it, but it's so easy this way. You know, it's so easy this way. Just somebody to turn on YouTube and, and, and watch it. And, and as soon as you say it's so easy that way, you, you know the truth. You get it. This thing called living for Christ is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be fulfilling. It's supposed to be meaningful. Ministry is never easy. It's not easy. It's fulfilling. It's the best thing in the world. It's what you were made for. It's everything, but not easy. And if church becomes too easy for you, we're not doing it right. And you may not be doing it right. Great thing about Mariner's Church, and I love it, and I love you that are part of it, God placed it here in a fairly unchurched area. And we've kind of set aside the thought that we don't exist for ourselves. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the people that haven't found Christ yet. When Jesus said, go into all the world and make committed followers, he was talking to us. And that's why we're here. There's the old illustration of the two large bodies of water in Israel, and it's a, it's a great illustration. There's in the north, there's the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is 
lively and there's birds and there's fish and there's, there's green trees all around it and it's, it's a pretty place, fresh water. And then it, there's the Jordan River goes down and it empties into the, called the Dead Sea. It's called the Dead Sea because it is. There's not much in it at all. A lot of gnats buzz around it and it's, you don't want to get this water in your mouth. It's an alkali lake. Things drain into it. The difference between the two is the Sea of Galilee has water coming in and water going out. It keeps it alive. The Dead Sea only has water coming in. Nothing going out. It's a great illustration, isn't it? About how our lives become alive when we not only have something coming in, but we have something going out versus they begin to die when we only let things come in and never give away. I want to end with a story um, I was reminded of this week um, because I was near the church where this happened. I'm going to shorten the story quite a bit, but when I committed my life to Christ, I told God, God, I've only been absorbing, taking in, never giving away, so the next opportunity to serve, I'm going to serve, next, whatever it is, whatever you want me to do, let me know, and I'll, and I'll do it, no matter what. You know, and, and you say those kinds of things sometimes in the, in the moment, and then when it comes, you don't want to do it, and the next thing I saw was a church bulletin in the mailbox that said, we need people to volunteer to help with vacation Bible school with kids. And I thought, oh, I don't want to do that. But I remembered my commitment, and so I went. And eventually they put me at a table with a bunch of fourth grade boys. And on Thursday was the day of sharing Christ with the kids, telling them about Jesus. And I, I didn't know much about how to do that. Um, but they had me read this thing, and then I was supposed to ask the question. The question was, would you like to receive Jesus? And the problem was, is if they had said yes, I didn't know what I would do then. So I said, change the question to, none of you want to receive Jesus, do you? And all eight of those little boys said, yes, we do. And so I led them in a prayer um, that was written down. And as I was reading the prayer and praying for them the best I could, I remember thinking, um, this may be the most significant thing I've ever done in my life. In fact, this may be the first significant thing I've ever done in my life. And then I remember the thought, if I never do anything else in my life apart from from this right now, I think my life is complete. And then I remember thinking this, if I ever have a chance to do this again, I will do it. My life changed from that point. Serving's better than sitting. Serving's better than sitting. We have a coast to reach and we do that when we serve. Um, we're going to be showing uh, a link for you to be able to look online to find different opportunities where you can serve. As this place begins to open up and regenerate, boy, there's ministry to do. There's people to love. And loving them 
enough to have him come to Christ. Would you take a minute and pray with me, please? Father, I would thank you for um, the way that you have gifted each one of us, these people that are here watching. Um, I pray in your heart you would put a burning desire for them to be involved in your work. That's what we were purposed, created, made, shaped, molded to do, your work. So I just would say in your heart, maybe say to God, God, here, here am I. Send me whatever it is, wherever it is. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.